Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Church of Roy, a sports drink original podcast. Warning, today's show may include adult language. Now here are your hosts, Brian Wilcox and Steve Ewald. Welcome everybody to the newest episode of the Church of Roy podcast. It's going to be a quick one today, but we actually have news. Before we get to that, I'm your host, as always, Steve Dewald, Associate Editor at Blazer's Edge. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Brian Wilcox. Brian, how are you doing? How's it in Colorado? How you doing, buddy? I'm great, dude. Heading to Maui tomorrow, so I'm in a pretty good headspace. No work for a week. Little uh, island time. I'm excited. You staying at the White Lotus? <laughs> I'm bringing heavy White Lotus vibes, minus the murder and uh, mistreatment of others. Yeah, yeah. Don't uh, don't give out the key to your state. Mostly just music and views. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, so obviously, the big news here is is the Blazers actually made a move that improved this team like marketably like there's no argument here larry nance jr acquired in a three-team deal with the bulls and the Cavs. larry nance jr coming back to portland Derek jones jr protected first round pick going out from from portland um i don't think there's any way to argue this i think you could maybe argue is cody zeller actually an upgrade is tony snell actually an upgrade is ben mclemore actually going to help Mm-hmm. there's no doubt in my mind Larry Nance Jr. is going to be a big part of this team. He might not be a starter, in which we'll get to that later, but there's no denying that this team is better today than it was last week. Brian, what is your initial thoughts of that trade? I completely agree with you. I think Portland won that trade pretty handily. Um, Portland, I think, clear winner with Chicago closely behind. Um Cleveland, if you're giving them a trade grade, I'd probably give them the WTF. <laughs> you got, you're giving four years, $67 million to Markkanen uh, when you already have Kevin Love and his contract there, which you keep hearing him as a possible buyout candidate, but 
He's also saying he's making it, he's taking that money. So basically you have marketing love Mobley, and then you sign Jared Allen for five for a hundred. So to me, that just seems like a huge investment in a backcourt when you might not even know where Mobley is going to play exactly, whether he's more suited as a four or five. So Cleveland don't get it. If I was Chicago, I think I'd rather have Larry Nance than those picks. And so I'm absolutely thrilled that Portland was able to kind of muscle their way into this one and, and get a, really good player for for not a lot hey guys it's perry here to tell you all about the brand new app we've been using here in the church of roy called spotify green room green room is a live audio only platform that is free to download and super easy to use you can talk to sports fans insiders athletes and even executives all in real time and hey the church of roy will be there live bright and early on saturdays at 8 a.m pacific all you need to do is download the spotify green room app in the ios or android app store Get it up, peeps. Yeah, I just real quick on the Bulls, or not the Bulls, but the Cavs. I, I don't, I, I just don't see it. I don't see where this makes sense as far as clearing out minutes for all these guys and their development arcs. Mm-hmm. But I also, you know, kind of said the same thing about their backcourt situation stacking Garland on top of a player like Sexton, and then also going out and drafting uh, a Kuro this last year, a guy who's definitely better with the ball in his hand, especially on the offensive end. So, you know, maybe there's a method to Colby Altman's madness, but I would say this. You know, there were some reports, uh, I believe Sam Amico, so take it with a grain of salt, that, you know, Kevin Love was hoping that he was the one who was going to get traded out of Cleveland. Um, you know, duh. <laughs> like, I, I, th- I don't <laughs> think it's been any secret that Kevin Love would like to be in a different situation. The elephant in the room there is a contract, and it's something we've talked about before on this podcast. Um, just briefly, but basically the the Kevin Love situation I see getting remedied by a buyout. And, mm-hmm. you know, there really wasn't a precedent for a contract that big with that many years left to get done until we had Blake Griffin last year. So I think at least the framework is there. And now it just comes down to how bad does Kevin Love really want out and how much is he willing to sacrifice to do so? But enough about the Cavs. I agree with you. I think the Blazers are the clear winner here. I think it's just – it's confusing to me because, I, I don't know, if I'm the Bulls, I'm I'm angling for Larry Nance Jr. in this trade at, because I think yeah. he's a, a fun piece for what they're doing down there. Um, mm-hmm. As far as Portland goes, obviously in the hierarchy of how this offseason has gone, um, I would say – Resigning Norman Powell is the obvious clear number one. That was your best move. You had to do that. Every move started there. Going out and getting a player that adds flexibility, I would say was, was probably like on my third on my list. No, number two was like, you know, let's actually shake up and get something on the, mm-hmm. on this roster that makes a difference. But if I can't have number two, number three is not a bad option. Where do you see Larry Nance fitting into this team I wonder if we're on the same page on this, but what what do you see his role being? And is he a starter? Is he a bench guy? What do you think? To me, he's a pretty clear bench guy, but if there is any kind of um, injury in the two, three, four spots, I think you're able just to slide him right in there, move some guys around. And he's essentially, you know, your sixth man with, you know, I think you hit on it a minute ago about his versatility. He opens up a ton of different combinations for this team. Uh, you know, whether it's going small with either him or Covington kind of at the three, four with the center out there, you can go Nance at the five. Um, I'm really excited at because I really do think he was kind of a we were, four was the weakest position on the mm-hmm. roster. 
at least depth wise. And so bringing him in, um, with the ability to play so many different positions and do different things offensively and defensively is huge for this team. Yeah. I, I think where I start with, I, I do agree. I think he starts a year on the bench. Now, like you said, you have Cody Zeller, you have Yusuf Nurkic, you have CJ McCollum, you have guys that have all dealt with injuries in the recent history mm-hmm. that, you know, have spanned longer than 10, 20 games. Um, I think there's a good chance we're going to see Larry Nance, you know, start maybe a third of the games this year, just how this roster is going to work, just the breakneck pace of we're already getting ready for another season. I think we're going to see Larry Nance a lot. So I, I I don't really like to, I don't really want to just pigeonhole him as like, Oh, this is a bench guy. Like I think rosters are more fluid now and guys, their roles are going to evolve as the season goes on. Um, I think he really adds a lot to what you can do late in games as far as breaking mm-hmm. pressure on Damian Lillard. You know, we've been begging for a guy like Draymond Green. You know, I personally have advocated for a move like that for a long time. Larry Nash Jr. is kind of a watered down version of that, not necessarily the ball handler, or like kind of someone you could, you know, squint and think maybe he's just a tall point guard, but he's someone who can handle the ball, break pressure as a role man. Um, you get him the ball in those, you know, three-on-two situations, and he can break a defense down. He can He's constantly looking for corner shooters. Like That's one of the first things that really popped out when I watched some of his film is... The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships... The ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. It's roll, get the ball. Am I going to score? If not, who is somebody open in the corner? And I think that is going to potentially pay huge dividends for a guy like Norman Powell who can really thrive out of that corner spot, whether he's shooting or he's getting downhill himself. So really, I I think they are following the Clippers textbook as far as how they want to build this team and how they want to play, because, you know, I've said it over and over and over again is Billups talks about breaking down defenses with backline pressure and Larry Nance Mm -hmm. Jr. is perfectly suited to do that. So I'm, I'm excited to see how fast they get into some of these sets and what it looks like when they do it. Yeah, you're giving Dame another pick-and-roll guy, partner, who offers just a little different look. I think that where Zeller and, and Nurik might have some redundancies there. Both hard screeners, but not exactly the fleetest of foot and uh, or a lob threat where Nance is a guy he can pick and pop a little bit. He's not excellent from 
from beyond the arc, but he's respectable. You know, teams won't just leave him alone out there. Um, and to your point, his ability to keep his head up and hit those guys in the corner. If I'm Norm Pal, I think that's where he's going to be. I could see that Nance to Norm connection working extremely well this season. Mm-hmm. I uh, totally agree. I So I think just when you're talking about the bench unit and, and possibilities for rotations, I think the very clear thing to do and where I really think the, you can really point to now the Blazers are significantly better is I think before this move, I think the Blazers' biggest, you know, you hang your hat on why they're going to be better this year was, uh, you know, getting better by subtraction, getting rid of, you know, Ennis Cantor and Carmel Anthony, who were fine players during their time in Portland. But, mm-hmm. you know, they were – terrible on defense they tended to be a black hole on offense now sometimes it was efficient and you're putting up points which that's fine on a bench unit but now you're pointing to trading out Ennis Cantor and Carmelo Anthony for Larry Nance Jr. and Cody Zeller and if the if those latter pair are healthy I don't think you can argue that they're a better suited duo for the modern NBA and what this team wants to do in the postseason do you agree with me there I do. Much more defense. You're going to see the ball move more. And, you know, I think this does kind of, to your point about the Blazers kind of doing this coaching makeover, I think Nance is going to fit a lot more of what Chauncey wants to see than in the previous roster. And just getting more depth at the four spot is so crucial. I kept waiting. You know, I think we were all waiting for just that another piece. And I think it also takes a little bit of uh, pressure off of Nas Little. Um, I, I saw him, you know, having to really step up and be if not a top eight guy definitely in that nine to ten where he'd have to really come in and be productive in order to mm-hmm. just shore up the the back of this roster so nance coming in he he plugs a lot of holes he's not i wouldn't call him elite at any one thing but he's just good at a lot of stuff and i think that's what they're trying to do yeah i, I think the Monsieur little point's really interesting something i haven't really thought about but really you are taking pressure off of him i mean you know, come in, play well. There's no pressure for you not to. I mean, obviously you're in your mm-hmm. third year. You do want to show something. So, but the pressure, that's the pressure you put on yourself, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of players thrive on with that. Also too, you're more likely to play him at his natural position. And I mean, we talked a little bit last podcast, you know, is he a three, is he a four? I think we're going to find out now because they have the freedom to really not try to force him into, you know, a square peg through a round hole. I think he's really going to be able mm-hmm. to play where he wants to. So it's clear we both like this move. But honestly, do you think this is more of a case of the ceiling on the Blazers, you know, contending squad has been risen? Or is the floor saying, you know, this is definitely a playoff team, a team that can maybe push for home court advantage? Do you think it's the the floor has been risen or, or has the ceiling been risen? Or is it a combination of both? I feel like it's a little combination. This certainly isn't anything that takes them over the top or pushes them into a team that's expected to be a top two or top three type contending squad. I don't know if that's realistic. Um, We do have a lot of variables, though. Completely new coaching staff. You know, we do have some new pieces. You have a starting lineup that played extremely well together towards towards the end of last year that they get to full season. So, you know, I... It's a little hard to say. I think time will tell, but I think that there's potential for for both of those things to be true. Mm-hmm. I for me, I just I think it raises your ceiling as a first round playoff team, but I think that's the cap for me because I, I think mm-hmm. against the Nuggets, you there. I think there was a 
case to be made that really what cost him in those series was not having a viable seven, sixth, seventh, eighth man in the in that series. I think everything else was there. So now with Nance, he can he definitely improves that that group, you know, immensely. Especially when you factor in the step that Anthony Simons is probably going to take, and then also you know Nasir Little back in the fold, and then you got some you know functional pieces and some of the guys they signed. Is this the Simons year? Is this <laughs> yeah. the, is this Every year? year's the Simons year for me. Every <laughs> so, year. <yeah. laughs> so, um, but, but I see it more as the floor has been risen. I, I think yeah. this is a team that's now better equipped to deal with an injury. Knock on wood. I hope it doesn't happen. But if it does, they're, they're better equipped. And this might only be a 10-game stretch. But with as tight as this group is in the Western Conference, being able to avoid, you know, a 12 game lull in this schedule really puts you in position to be a team that you maybe avoid the play in. So I think it's brought the floor up to where I'd be absolutely shocked if this team didn't make the playoffs or at least wasn't really, you know, at least knocking on the door in the final two weeks of one, either already having home court advantage or at least pushing teams to play their guys down the stretch. Um, Doesn't mean they're going to get there. My argument for the ceiling being raised, I think is he's just, Nance is a glue guy that we, we've kind of hammered it already, but the flexibility, I think it gives you the ability to just throw out different looks and match up that much better with some of these different teams. I think, you know, the ability to go big in particular with maybe a Dame, Norm, Nance, Covington, Nurkic look um, is something that we haven't really seen where you have in Nance and Covington, two excellent defenders, especially off ball. I, you know, Nance kind of shares some similarities with Covington on that end, mm-hmm. I think very active in the passing lanes and maybe not that one-on-one stopper that we've been wishing for, for half a decade yeah. or more, but um, you know, he's another plus defender who's, who's going to help on that end and, and just bring size to the, to the three and four and, and five spots, just depending on how they utilize them. And I'm a, not exactly size of the five, but it's especially the three. Hey guys, it's Perry here to tell you all about the brand new app we've been using here in the church of Roy called Spotify green room. Green Room is a live audio-only platform that is free to download and super easy to use. You can talk to sports fans, insiders, athletes, and even executives all in real time. And hey, the Church of Roy will be there live bright and early on Saturdays at 8 a.m. Pacific. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app in the iOS or Android app store. Get it up, peeps. So I think we agree on Outlook as far as having a guy like Nance and Covington on the floor at the same time, like you said real active guys create a lot of deflections play in the passing lanes very opportunistic but they're not locked down defenders and portland still does not have a guy that can lock down you know big wings in the postseason and Mm -hmm. so for that i think that plays more into my how i view the floor where i think that's the style that Covington and Nance play is super useful in the regular season and in the early rounds of the playoffs. But like when you get into the second round, third round and the finals, you do need those stoppers out there. And and I don't think there's a trade for those guys. Those guys are super coveted in this league. So I, I still think this team is without a doubt better, but I still have some questions on whether or not how far the ceiling went up. Now I think the floor has clearly come up on this team. Um, I do want to be clear here. We are a pretty critical podcast of Neil O'Shea, but this was a good move by Neil O'Shea. And I think it's not crazy to just go, yeah, this was a good move. Like I have no problem saying that. 
it does not hurt my feelings or make me feel like a hypocrite. Like this, this was a nice move. It was good to inject yourself into a three-way trade and whether or not Portland was going after Dylan Brooks, which we heard today, or they were going after Lori Markinen initially, like it doesn't matter. What matters is they came out of this deal as we both agree of the winners here. I think they got the most useful player for Damian Lillard's timeline right now. And that was absolutely what Neil O'Shea needed to do. Now, do I still think these other signings were great? I mean, they're all right. I don't know who would have agreed to a deal and, and whatnot, but like, there's still a lot of work to do here. So, so do you have anything to say about Neil? I'll give you an opportunity to say something nice about Neil O'Shea. It was a good move. There you go. See, doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be weird. Like, Oh, no, don't make it so, weird. He, I, thought, I thought they did a good job. I think, you know, it, and you, you brought up Brooks and Markin, and I think I'd rather have Lance, or sorry, Nance at the uh, – Lance Stevenson? <laughs> yeah, bring him out. No, I'd, I'd rather have uh, Nance and either of those guys when you look at the contracts, I think. I really like Brooks, but with Powell on the roster, I feel like there's a little redundancy there. Um, you had to shore up that four spot, and they did that with Nance. Um, much better rebounder, even though they are almost, they are kind of slimmer size. Nat, Nance is a little, little bigger, yeah. but, um, and then Markinen, I mean, he, he has a much higher ceiling offensively, but he's a weird player. He's just, a, I, I don't know if he'll ever not be a liability defensively. Mm -hmm. And we know that this team, um, offense is not the problem. So I just, I, I, I love it. Yeah. They just grabbed, you know, really well-rounded athletic guy who's going to help the team. And so, so nice job by the Blazers front office. Absolutely. Uh, food for thought, though. Neil O'Shea has kind of created a reputation for himself to make some really solid fringe trade deadline deals. I mean, Norman Powell, Rodney Hood, you know, going and getting in his canter off the buyout market, you know, previously, mm -hmm. you know, Yusuf Nurkic and Aaron Aflalo before that. So he's, he's at least active at the deadline. I think both me and you had Derek Jones Jr. kind of circled as that's the guy who's going to get moved to the deadline. Yeah let's you know just say history is going to repeat itself we have a pattern of behavior here who do you think is the the deadline deal now who kind of fits that like i think it's just a total wild card right now like i i honestly like on paper you know we love him on this show but maybe it is yusuf nurkic is the deadline guy i don't know well, what do you think it's it's so hard to say without the <laughs> before the season. This team could be flying high mm -hmm. right before the trade deadline. Everybody, you know, gelling and 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 the, they look really good. This could also be, you know, someone gets hurt again and it's a dumpster fire. So I, I just think there's such a wide range of outcomes that are possible before the trade deadline. It's hard to even throw that out there. But you do look at potential pieces. I think your first is out unless you. Is it out indefinitely? Because it has to... Yeah, so it's the same situation, and I should have brought this up earlier. So the, the first round pick the Blazers traded is lottery protected till 2028. So that means mm -hmm. it, the Blazers basically can't make a mid-season deal with a first round pick until that pick's conveyed. It's the same situation right. they ran into with Covington this last year is, you know, they, they owed that pick to the Rockets lottery protected and they weren't able to trade it. Even though they were probably going to make the playoffs, you can't just bank on it. So yep. Yep. unless they get the, the bulls to change the protection on it, which that can be reached in a side agreement, they, they're basically stuck without being able to trade a first-round pick this year. Yep. yep. And then so you, you just assume then that your first-round draft assets are off the table. Mm -hmm. 
then it does get a little light. Yeah. I mean, you look at maybe it's one of the young guys, Simon's little, or, you know, the e more than likely he'll probably have to just play kind of in that buyout market mm -hmm. and, and try to upgrade on the fringes like you alluded to with Cantor earlier. So it looked as I, what I do also like about this Nance trade is he's addressed the need. So I think you really do have freedom to do whatever you want with that 14th roster spot now. And then obviously you save the 15th mm -hmm. potentially for a buyout down the road or a trade, or maybe they make their trade now. Maybe we do see two more signings, but who knows? Um, what direction would you like to see the Blazers go with now that Nance is on the roster? Where would you like to see that 14th man go? I mean, it doesn't have to be a position. It can be just an archetype or a style or, or it can be a position. Uh six, three combo guard <laughs> oh, scorer. We need more of those. <laughs> no, I'd honestly like to see him get another big body mm -hmm. just with Zeller and Nurk's injury history. Even if he's a straight up five, I'm okay with that. Um, just another big body to throw out there to, you know, if you need, if Zeller's on the shelf and it's middle of February, Milwaukee, and you got to <laughs> body somebody up, Brooklyn, you know yeah. what I mean? Just give us another big guy who can just soak up 10 to 12 minutes and, and not, not ask to do too much except be tall. I, I would like another tall player on the roster. So I swear this isn't planned because firm planning is not church of Roy's strong suit here, but I think this does play into what I was going to bring up here is DeAndre Jordan sounds like he's getting a buyout with Brooklyn. Neil guy from the LA days. I actually could probably talk myself into that. That would be a nice little 14th man pickup if DeAndre Jordan is interested in coming here and, and kind of, I believe he was, his time overlapped with Billups in, in LA too. So who, who knows? I, I think he fits the bill there. I, for me, I, I believe in Anthony Simons a lot, but I am always kind of for the sage old point guard at the end of the bench. Um, you know, I, I, I think I'll always have a soft spot for the Earl Watsons of the world. So um, you want to bring Steve Blake. Back. Yeah. Steve Blake. Right. I mean, that's if he's available, bring which he is, I think that's all, <laughs> he's very I think available. that's always a good play. So I actually, I actually totally forgot about the DeAndre Jordan mm -hmm. deal. I saw that earlier today and, but yeah, that'd be perfect. But if, if he'd be willing to take that role mm -hmm. here, which I, I don't know what other roles really exist for DeAndre Jordan right now, especially on contending teams. So, yeah. Anyway, like I said, short show today. We're going to get way more into the Larry Nance stuff, what rotations look like down the road. So, but for right now, you know, Portland made a move. Everybody's happy. So that's a rare thing to have kind of a unanimous, you know, everybody fairly unanimous. Everybody's pretty happy with this deal. I mean, there's yeah. degrees to it, but I think everybody's happy. <laughs> nice job, Neil O'Shea, again. Um, now let's just keep making moves. Let's really build this into a contender, in my opinion. So, got anything before we go, Brian? I don't. <laughs> I will. I will miss you while I'm drinking my ties on the beach yep. this uh, a week. But I should be back. I'm just Maui sure. Brewing. Couple great locations down there. Shout out to them. Um, I practically lived at that facility that that complex when i was out there so um really good time also okay we're gonna go on a steve private story tangent so anyway beautiful i uh i tend to get nosebleeds anytime i change climate whether that's going to dry or wet or whatever so when i went out to hawaii for some reason i was kind of having off and off off on again off again nosebleeds so we go out on you know this scuba uh catamaran deal go way out there i strap in my headset my nose is sealed everything 
and I, you know, just plunge, dive real deep. Well, my nose pops and my starts bleeding, but I don't know this. So I'm thinking I'm just drinking a boatload of salt water. I'm like, man, this water sure tastes like iron and salt. And then like just this pressure behind my eyes. So like I pop my glasses off, blood flies everywhere. I mean, it's like packed in there and it's like all around, like I didn't realize this, like I thought it just washed off it's like all around the rims of my goggles and everything on my face. So I just look like I got hit in the head with a rock. Like I'm covered in blood. And so I'm swimming back to the catamaran doing whatever. And like people on the boat start panicking as I get closer. I'm like, just smile like a yellow lab dog paddling up to this. And they're like, Oh my God, are you all right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's just a nosebleed people, which there's like a whole protocol they got to go through like they had to like spray me down with sanitizer and like this is all pre-covid obviously so like now i would understand but right spray me down all this stuff and like my wife she's still out in the water watching me just get desanitized like i'm in the movie outbreak so it was a that was my scuba experience i i did end up getting back in the water a little later that afternoon but yeah uh real real great scuba deal that's 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 my hawaii vacation right there so you know well shit i'm hoping for better luck than i that, mean my friend you but. know it's a testament to my wife and putting up with my constant uh bullshit so it, <laughs> now it is. anyway yeah. guys thank you again for listening subscribe five stars we love you guys um till next time welcome to portland larry <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode of the church of roy podcast if you like what you've heard, go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Church of Roy Pod, and be sure to check out our live show on Spotify Greenroom every Saturday bright and early at 8 a.m. Pacific. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.